This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Into the Net FC, the greatest football podcast in the history of the world. It has been a while since I've been able to do this show, but ladies and gentlemen, my vacation is over, and even though I am suffering from post-vacation sadness, I am ready to go. The show must go on. Here we go. Champions League match day number three. Started out yesterday when I was actually flying back home from the state of California, and I want to give a huge shout out to Steve Adams, who's been on this show many, many times. Steve, once again, thank you, and to your wife, Rebecca, for the great hospitality. Thank you so much for everything. I love you too, and I cannot wait to visit you all again, and I definitely will. Hopefully it won't be after another four years. Anyway. So I was, I, was, I was basically in the terminal, you know, you know how it is, driving down, returning your rental car, getting a ride to the airport, getting through security, all that, I mean, it's, uh, it, can, it can be either extremely easy or extremely stressful, but thankfully it was easy. Now, unfortunately, as these games were going on, I was, I was, I was, I was waiting, because I always get to my, I always get to my gate about two hours before my flight, I unfortunately had no access to watch the game, but thankfully there's extensive highlights. Thankfully there's notes all over the internet, so here we go. Now normally, as y'all would know, I usually do episode by episode based on game. Like, one episode is about Real Madrid versus whoever. Another one is about Paris Saint-Germain. But in this one, I'm going to try to talk about numerous games in, into one episode because, well, I'm in a hurry... And because, you know, I just got back to work and I'm still suffering from post-vacation uh, sadness, which just started out yesterday. So, so here we go. Well, I certainly did not expect Paris Saint-Germain to obliterate AC Milan 3-0. Now, i got to take responsibility because I did in fact say that AC Milan was a strong favorite to win the tournament. And I did in fact say that Paris Saint-Germain would in fact shit the bed in the group stage. Well, i got to be honest with you, so far it doesn't seem like it's going that way because AC Milan is winless so far in the Champions League. Two draws and one loss. They are winless. And you know what the interesting part is? AC Milan has yet to even score a goal in the Champions League. My God. You have Christian Pulisic, Rafael Liao, and of course the one and only, the legend himself, Olivier Giroud, Arguably the most underrated French striker in all of history of football. And AC Milan has yet to score a goal. Goodness gracious. A negative three goal differential and two points after three games. After the two draws. Good God. And PSG is on top of the group with two wins and one loss. Now unfortunately Newcastle got the loss today against Borussia Dortmund. But seeing AC Milan at the bottom of Group F? <laughs> you know, I for one, I'm obviously... I mean, obviously, I'm dumbfounded. Now, obviously, I'd like to know what Steve Adams thinks about it. And, of course, Mr. David Scappin 
of course, the fiercely opinionated one, Mr. Josh McSwain, and of course, my other buddy, Mr. Uncle Mad, because they're all huge football fans. So I'm shocked about AC Milan being winless after three games, but I really truly wonder how those guys are feeling, because again, I had AC Milan as a legitimate favorite to win the Champions League, but right now, it does not look like it's going to happen. And with PSG on top of the group, well, I'm certainly being punished right right now, aren't I? But we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see how things go when the group stage is finished. Well, again, you know, and I mentioned that Christian Pulisic created three chances, three scoring chances in this one. Unfortunately, none of them were successful. So it's good to see that in my case, Christian Pulisic had somewhat of a respectable game. And of course, my boy Kylian Mbappe had a tremendous game. <clears throat> you know, scoring the opening goal in such a in fantastic fashion. You know, and the way and the way I see it, you know, Mbappe before this one, Mbappe had had been having some struggles with uh with Les Parisiens so far, and, and of course in the international break when he scored uh in France's world, excuse me, in France's European qualifying match against the Netherlands, and France qualified, so. You know, Mbappe really had a, a brilliant goal, and he needs it, especially because, you know, it's in Champions League play, so. So, being as it may, I mean, PSG winning 3-0 over AC Milan, I mean, I just didn't expect that. I mean, I honestly, I felt that this was the game that AC Milan was going to basically pull it together and actually get a win, because I had AC Milan winning 2 to nothing, And I'm definitely paying for it big time, but it's a shame just how things have to be, I mean... The fact that, you know, four shots on target for AC Milan, and none of them went, and, and none of them worked, you know. And as, as, far as, I, as far as I'm concerned, you know, no big chances uh, were made. Now, AC Milan at one point, I think Rafael Liao, from a long distance, came so close to scoring. And that would have been a beautiful, and I do mean a beautiful golazo, but unfortunately, it was not to be. But seeing just how brilliant PSG was, you know, with all the successful passes, you know, the crosses, you know, and, and believe it or not, Milan is the only team with, with a successful cross, and they had three. So, but seeing in the defense, you know, a total of 19 clearances by PSG, while 14 for AC Milan, you know, and seven interceptions by AC Milan, and then five by PSG, and both uh, Luigi Donnarumma, you know, um, had the same amount of saves, you know, I believe a, a total of four saves, so, you know, and, and of course, uh, Mike Magnon, the French goalkeeper for AC, for AC Milan, you know, made, made a, cer a certain amount of saves as well, so, AC Milan just got completely destroyed, I mean, you know, seeing the, you know, seeing the, uh, the starting lineup, you know, both teams utilizing the same formation, you know, the 4 by 3 by 3 set, you know, four defenders, three midfielders, and three strikers, so, you know, in PSG's case, I mean, PSG, PSG set up their three-headed monster with Kylian Mbappe, uh, Randal Kolomwani, and Usman Dembele in, in the front three. You know, you, of course, you have Randal Kolomwani in the center, and Kylian Mbappe and Dembele on the side. You know, I figured this could work, or it couldn't, but, but seeing two clubs, both using a three-headed monster offensive attack, you know, with Pulisic, Giroud, and Liao be on the AC Milan side, you know, this honestly should have been a... You know, th this could have very well been a 3-2 game. Like, PSG could have won 3-2, and so could have AC Milan, but... But seeing AC Milan just destroyed the way, the way they, they were, I mean, jeez. I mean, 
As I've said many times, PSG has the reputation of only beating the, the weaker clubs. I mean, today, PSG did something that they don't do very often. They beat a pretty strong club, so... So hats off to PSG for this, but the question is, can they keep it going? Now, PSG's on top of the group, so they have no choice. Now, there will be a second meeting against AC Milan, and it will be in Milan, Italy. So... So as far as I'm concerned, moving forward for PSG, of course, in the Champions League play, it does not get any easier. Now, PSG does have two games to play in the French League uh, before the, the second game against AC Milan, which will be on the 7th of November. So, for AC Milan, well, it's probably going it's, it's, it's to be now or never, but some would say now. It could very well be too late, but I don't really know if that's the case, because, again, as I look at the standings of Group F, Newcastle is with one win, one draw, one loss, and they're at four points. So if AC Milan pulls off the win against PSG in the next one and Newcastle actually comes up short, then AC, then AC Milan may actually at least maybe at least be able to go to the Europa League because right now AC Milan's at the bottom of the group. And if they finish bottom of the group, no Champions League, no Europa League. They're out of European football overall. So that's that game. Now, I know I got probably a bit too carried away on, on this one now. Looking at these uh, other results again, you know, Borussia Dortmund won nothing over over um, Newcastle. You know, Newcastle after their after their four to one win over PSG. I mean, I only thought it was only going to get better moving forward. So, uh, but man, you know, and talk about uh, two other clubs. You know, utilize, utilizing the four by three by three tactical formation. Man, just wasn't a good just wasn't a good day for you know for the Magpies and. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, some some of this will, some of this, sometimes this, these kind of, kinds of things can happen. Now, seeing how this this game went, you know, Newcastle dominated ball possession. You know, and the fact that you know Borussia Dortmund had five shots on target and only converted once, you know, that that's something. Now, unfortunately, in Newcastle's case, they had three shots on target and, and couldn't convert any of them. So, and the fact that according to Goal.com. Three, 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 three big chances missed by Newcastle United. I mean, that, that right there is why this game is very unfortunate for Newcastle United. Because, again, this was a bad day for the Magpies. Because, again, when you have three big chances missed on three shots on target. I mean, let me say that again. Three big chances missed on three shots on target. That's frustrating as hell. So, that, this is not good at all for Newcastle United. And... They can only hope to bounce back. And honestly, because Newcastle United, after that 4-1 win over PSG, you know, Newcastle could all of a sudden really be solidifying themselves as the dark horse of this tournament. So, so they're really going to have to uh, pick up the pace. But uh, right now I would imagine that that's, that's still this group. You know, this group, I mean, just because PSG is on top with two wins and, and one loss... Uh, Nothing is over yet because PSG is gonna have to close it out because PSG has to play again AC Milan next in the second in the second meeting. So, so bad day for Newcastle, but Borussia Dortmund desperately needed the win. Now Manchester City, not surprisingly, uh, well winning on that one. Of course, Erling Haaland scored a brace uh, on the road. They played on the road against a club known as Young Boys. You know, and, and the fact that at one point that the game was tied at one, you know. When Manchester City took the lead in the 48th minute, I mean, the fact that it was 0-0 at halftime, I mean, that's already interesting enough. But the fact that in the 48th minute, when the citizens, Manchester City, took a 1-0 lead, and then less than five minutes later, the young boys, 
equalize. You know, th that was pretty interesting. But then, of course, you know, late in the game, Erling Holland does what he does best. You know, Manchester City are awarded a penalty, and of course, you know, Erling Holland converts because you know, missing a penalty. That's not quite Erling Holland's uh, ammo, if you will. But looking at the stats, you know, 26 shots total for Manchester City and 14 shots on target. I mean, 14 shots on target for Manchester City, and they scored only three times. So, so for Manchester City, they could have easily scored more, but unfortunately, they could not put the ball into the back of the net. But they did three times. So, so I guess for for the young boys club. I swear to God, that, that's the name of the club. The club is called Young Boys, and it just sounds so weird saying it, but I'm not lying. So, and, and look at the stats from Goal.com, you know, because I'm curious to know, you, you know, because based on what I saw in the highlights, you know, Manchester City, you know, just like I counted, you know, except like, uh, you know, Goal.com has them at five big chances missed. So five big chances missed for Manchester City against Young Boys. Now... I always see something a little bit different when I see the highlights, especially the extensive ones. So I, so with Gold.com, I always say they see a certain amount. I, I Sometimes I'll see a little bit more because maybe I'll, I'll classify something as a big chance. But but still, five? At least five? For Manchester City? <laughs> you know, Manchester City got the win, but still, being the fact that five big chances blown? That right there is not good at all. Man. You know, and just you know, and to look at some of the ratings as well, because you know, I looked at how Pulisic created three scoring chances. You know, Erling Holland scored two goals on uh, on a total of five uh, on target shots. So I guess you could say that that's not too bad. But but you know, see the create the, the the scoring chances created. I mean, you know, Rodri Hernandez scored uh, created four, and he actually had one of the assists. And Jack Grealish, you know, created three chances. So. So seeing all these scoring chances, you know, just being thrown away like that, it's just, it's it's not good. But again, at the end of the day, Manchester City got the win, so I'm, I'm sure they're they're fine with that. Now they're three and zero. Now, now clearly, obviously, we all knew that, that the uh, the group G is all but there. So, you know, Barcelona is also undefeated. You know, Barcelona, you know, had a, had a two to one uh, win today over the the Ukrainian club um, Shakhtar Donetsk. So. You know, and, and, and seeing uh, Ferran Torres, you know, score a goal, you know, was brilliantly done as well. And, you know, and honestly, despite Real Madrid being the team of my heart, it's good to see Barcelona kind of really become good again because you really want to see the El Clasico traditional rivalry be highly competitive. So, so Barcelona is showing progress and climbing back up to what they once were to being a dominant and respectable force in European football. So... You know, and, and seeing uh, Arsenal, you know, Arsenal get the win, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, Gabriel Jesus, you know, suffered an injury. Now, they're, they're a 2-1 win over Sevilla, you know, and, and seeing, you know, Gabriel Martinelli, you know, you know, score deep into stoppage time in, in the end of the first half, you know, it was good. And then, you know, Gabriel Jesus, you know, makes it 2-0, only eight minutes into the second half. Now, five minutes later, Sevilla actually did cut the, did cut, uh, the lead in, uh, their lead in half, but... Unfortunately, so uh, I understand that Gabriel Jesus uh, suffered an injury. Now, I'm trying to get more facts on the whole situation. I've not been able to really find much, but but Ga Gabriel Jesus, you know, being hurt. I mean, that's uh, that, that that's a massive loss because you know Gabriel Jesus is uh, is beyond an important factor for the Gunners. So. 
you know, as far as the injury goes, I'm not entirely sure what it is. Again, I've been I've been trying to find something, but honestly, I've really not had any luck. Uh, now, looking at it right here, now, there was a story about, you know, that Jesus was, I think uh, Arteta said that Jesus asked to be subbed out of the game, but Gold.com released a story saying, you know, that Arteta's being contradicted, that Gabriel Jesus has strongly insisted that he did not request to be subbed off, so, so I mean, at, at the end of the day, I don't know what happened now. If he was subbed off due to injury, then in Arteta's case, it's simply a judgment call. Because, you know, the last thing that Arsenal leads is Jesus to be hurt on a long term. So, so as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm, again, I've not been able to find exactly what it is now. Okay, you know what, now, now I finally found it. So, it, it seems to be a hamstring issue now. In the game of football... A hamstring issue is a massive problem. I mean, a hamstring issue is a problem in any sport. So, now, because Gabriel Jesus was the de decisive player in Arsenal's 2-1 win over Sevilla in that Champions League match, Gabriel Jesus is, is going to be badly needed by the club. Now, now Arsenal, looking at Arsenal's schedule, their next Premier League game this weekend is against Sheffield United. And then they have an EPL Cup round of 16 match against West Ham United before they have another, a game against Newcastle before they have their second meeting against, Ars uh, excuse me, against Sevilla on November 8th. So right now, honestly, with all these important games coming up for Arsenal, I mean, having Gabriel Jesus out is, uh, it's not good at all. So, so right now, honestly, I don't, I don't know, I don't know exactly how long he, he's going to be out. So, uh, you know, the fact that Arsenal is already dealing with William Saliba injured, you know, Bukayo Saka is also injured, it's, this is just bad timing for the Gunners, and, you know, and honestly, if, if the Gunners can go, go into the next Champions League match, you know, fully fit, then, then, ho then, then hopefully things will be good for them, but right now, it, it, it just does not look good at all, so, you know, but for Arsenal, but Arsenal, you know, having the win against, you know, Sevilla, you know, and, and such a hard-fought win, you know, at the end of the day, you, you can't you, you can't take it away from you, you can't even take it away from the Gunners on this one. And now seeing uh, the stats in this one, you know, you know the fact that Sevilla had longer ball possession, you know, and seeing that you know Arsenal had four shots on target, but Sevilla had two, and Arsenal having two big chances missed, you know. I mean, again, you know, Arsenal dealing with the injuries as well, you know, and really trying to fight tooth and nail because you know Arsenal really wants to. I mean, more than anything, Arsenal wants to win the title, so. But right now, honestly, uh, you know, with, with these injuries, it's just uh, all the unanswered questions just continue to kick in and flood in, and it it, 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 it basically it perplexes me. So it, it, it's mind perplexing. So so I, I don't know what to expect. So but look at, uh, at these other ones. You know, see, you know, Manchester, you know, Manchester United. You know, Manchester United. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Manchester United over Copenhagen. You know, the fact that Harry Maguire scored the only goal for the Red Devils, and the fact that, oh, for the love of God, in the closing seconds of stoppage time, Manchester United coughs up a damn penalty. Scott McTominay, of all people, coughs up the penalty. <laughs> and when I saw that on my phone, I was actually getting ready to board my plane, okay? 
when I get the notification that Scott McTominay conceded a penalty, I was like, oh, for the love of God, because I was like, oh, Manchester United has just pissed the, the game away. Somehow, some way, Andre Onana, somehow, just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the fact that Harry Maguire is, the, is a hero in this match, I mean, is one thing. Now, Andre Onana has heavily, has heavily struggled, there's no doubt about it. Now, when we speak of this one, Manchester United versus uh, Copenhagen, I mean, this is where I'm super curious to know what... Uh, the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain has to say about it, as well as uh, my buddy, Mr. Uncle Mad, because they're both strong supporters of Manchester United. So the fact that Andre Onana, uh, uh, you know, you no know, Onana, you know, when, when he when, when he came, you know, it, it was all exciting. But again, you know, Onana has just been, uh, he's just been struggling. And, and, and the fact that, you know, for Scott McTominay, you know, to cop up the penalty, it's just, you know, it's I guess you could say it, it, it it's tough luck. So, I mean, it 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 was tough because you know seeing how Scott McTominay reacted to how you know he copped the, the penalty. I mean, it, it was tough for him. So, but the fact that Onana made the saves, excuse me, made the save in this one. I mean, he somewhat solidified himself. But we we need to see more. But Onana took took a step in the right direction, so hopefully he can continue that. So, because Onana bailed out Scott McTominay, I mean, he basically secured the three points. And it's, interestingly enough, you know, Christian Eriksen provided the assist in Harry Maguire's goal. Now, you can say, we, we can say all we want about Harry Maguire, we can give the dude a hard time, we can poke fun at him, but look, you can't take this goal away from him, you can't really take away this particular moment. Now, Hopefully he can do he can he can do more now. But again, you know, Harry Maguire, you know, it, it's all been just you know, a, 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 it's all been too much you know, a, too many embarrassing and frustrating moments. But because you know, for all that, it, it's good that he had you know, he finally had one positive moment because you know, you know, I'm still I'm still basically being I, I'm still you know, people are still ripping me ripping me a new one because I I because I insist that look, as frustrating and as bad as the whole Harry Maguire experiment has gone. It's not gonna. It's not gonna make us feel better if Harry Maguire doesn't have a job and can't do what he loves to do and provide for his family. Because some people are still laughing at me for having sympathy towards the guy. I mean, look. At the end of the day, look. You know, Harry Maguire's. You know, like just like me. You know, working hard. You know, to, you know, make, doing what he loves to do and you know, making a living so he can provide for his family. So, so it was really good to see Maguire. You know, have his moment now. Now Manchester United, by no means, is anywhere out of anywhere out of the woods now. You know, because I'm curious to know, I'm I'm curious to see like, you know, what can be made out of it now. Now Manchester United finally got the first, their first three points after they suffered the first two losses in the Champions League. So out of this, Manchester United is in third place, and if they were finished in third, they would secure they would secure qualification. Well, secure transfer to the Europa League. So now. Based on the looks of it, you know, Bayern Munich is not surprisingly 3-0. and Now, Bayern Munich, of course, we all knew would win the group just like that. Now, Galatasaray, you know, one win, one draw, one loss. You know, so they, they're basically going up by one point. So, if Manchester United is able to get at least two wins in the, in the next three and, and, then, and at least, you know, keep to one draw, 
Manchester United could somehow, someway finish in second. Now, finishing first is basically impossible at this point. But, you know, if, if Man U can somehow, someway scratch and claw and just find a way... Uh, I mean, right now, right now I'm only dreaming, but uh, I should mention... This Sunday for Manchester United, it's the, they are hosting the Manchester Derby. And it does not look good for the Red Devils because right now Manchester City is looking to make yet another example out of Manchester United. The citizens are looking to prove once again that they are the dominant force of the city of Manchester. If Man U wants to do something about it, well, they need to do something about it. And quite frankly... Manchester City is not going to let it happen. They are not going to let it happen. So, Manchester United got the win over Copenhagen. Now, Manchester United on November 1st has their round of 16 EFL Cup match against Newcastle. So, And then they have a game on the road against Fulham before round 2 against Copenhagen in the Champions League. So, it's not going to get any more pleasant for the Red Devils. Anyway, moving on. It's really difficult doing you know, all these games you know, at once because, again, usually I do one episode per game, and, and usually it's on the most interesting game. So, Napoli getting the one nothing win over Union Berlin. Well, Union Berlin has just been so unfortunate, really. You know, because when Union Berlin gave Real Madrid that heavy challenge, and, and as I'm looking at the, the formation utilized by Union Berlin, you know, 3 by one by 4 by 2 I mean, three defenders... One sole midfielder, and then, you know, four forwards ahead, and then two strikers. Man. By Union Berlin, I mean... And then Napoli utilizing four by three by three. Man. Berlin really Berlin really made it made it look difficult for those guys. You know, and Union Berlin is just showing no fear. Now, Union Berlin only had two shots on target, and Napoli only had one. So, Napoli has only one shot on target, but they made it count. They made it count. That's what's important. So, really... Man, and, and and just seeing just how, you know, Union Berlin is just, you know, trying so hard, you know, to stay alive, and it just, it, 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 it's just, it, it's just rather so unfortunate, so, you know, and Union Berlin now winless, you know, own three, you know, with, with a negative three goal differential, so Union Berlin really, at this point, you know, I really don't know what to expect, you know, much, you know, coming out, out of them, so, but I, I'm curious, you know, uh, to look at, at a couple of statistics, statistics from this match, you know, now, against uh, Napoli, so, you know, looking at it right here now, I'm curious to know, uh, you know, how Goal.com kind of has it like that, you know, and the fact that Union Berlin had a total of 26 crosses, you know, six of which were successful, you know, that, that's one thing, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, Two saves made by the, by the Napoli goalkeeper, and you know, and 26 clearances by the Napoli defense. So Napoli really played some def some strong defense, and 11 clearances by uh, Union Berlin as, as well. So, but based on how I see it, you know, it, it, it it's really rather it really is rather unfortunate for uh for for Union Berlin because you know to fight so hard but but to just not be able to get, you know just not be able to come out on top you know. You know, and, se and several times, you know, several chances were created, you know, by uh, Union Berlin, but, you know, none of them were successful. So, I mean, Napoli gave them all the best they had. So, one of these games that just ends up being like that and just being a strong defensive unit performance game, you know, it's... 
some of these games, I mean, some people just don't like it. Now, uh, just to skip, uh, just to quickly go through this one, uh, you know, Atletico Madrid, you know, uh, finishing in a two-to-two -two draw against uh, against Celtic FC, and I hope I said that correctly, Celtic FC. So, kind of, kind of looking at, at like, like you know, in the Scottish Premierships, you know, so you're seeing Scott, Celtic FC. You know, Celtic, Celtic FC, you know, is bottom of the group, but Atletico Madrid is now second in the group. So, you know, the fact that, you know, Atletico Madrid, you know, I think, you know, coughed up the lead, you know, twice and, you know, still managed to secure the, the tie, you know, that, that kind of says something. You know, Antoine Griezmann, you know, scored a, a, on a penalty, you know, and, uh, and when Celtic, you know, scored it quickly like that, you know, that really made it look good. And I thought that Celtic... Would actually pull off the upset, and again, I hope I hope I'm saying it correctly. Celtic, I don't know if it's Celtic or Celtic. Again, I deeply apologize, but you know, Griezmann, you know, scoring you know, on a penalty. You know, originally, his penalty was blocked. Originally, Griezmann was denied, but because the ball went back to him, I mean, Griezmann just, you know, that's what I like. I mean, the ball, the play is still alive just because if the goalkeeper blocks it and the ball stays in bounds, then whoever took the penalty can still actually go for the goal if the ball goes near them. So Griezmann missed the penalty, but still made the goal, if that makes any sense. Now, I, the way, you know, now when Celtic made it 2-1, to one, I mean, uh, the, <laughs> I, th I think the way that went, the way that went, it was just, you know, rather, it was rather interesting. Because seeing in the, uh, really seeing it the way it went, now, now, Go like that, so you know, and, and Atletico Madrid was just completely caught off guard. I mean, it was three minutes after Atletico Madrid equalized, but but you know, eight minutes in the second half, uh, Alvero Morata, you know, with, with an assist from Marcos Lorente, equalized it, and then basically the game, uh, well, the game really didn't change much after that. But uh, but going to uh, last game I want to talk about on this one is uh, Real Madrid versus Braga. SC Braga. Well, well, Real Madrid, you know, of course, Jude Bellingham. Who else but Jude Bellingham has a say in this one? Now, Jude Bellingham just continues to do such a great job excuse me, with Real Madrid. I mean, the, the, the guy's just absolutely, excuse me, beyond exciting. Now I got, excuse me, <clears throat> Jesus, now I got hiccups. But now seeing how, uh, how Jude Bellingham does such a great job, I and mean, the fact that Jude Bellingham scored a fa another magn magnificent goal with an assist from Vinicius Jr. Man, you know, and Rodrigo is the one who actually uh, drew first blood for Real Madrid. Now Real Madrid had a two nothing lead, but after it was two nothing after Jude Bellingham scored, now not long, less than two minutes later, uh, well. Less than two minutes later, Braga actually cut the lead in half, but Real Madrid managed to hold on. Now, Real Madrid, as, as, as far as I know, I mean, not a, a big chance miss, but Braga actually did is, did actually have a big chance miss. Now, Real Madrid played solid defense, you know, with 20 clearances. So, you know, having and having two saves. So, and I said Balaga, you know, at one point had a fantastic save, but unfortunately, Jude Bellingham did suffer an injury. And now he's considered a doubt for El Clasico, so... I mean, again, you know, we talk about Arsenal, you know, having an injury at a wrong time. So now it's, uh... uh now, now the same thing goes for Jude Bellingham, so... I mean, in, in, the, in, in the 89th minute, too, so, I mean... 
Because Saturday, Real Madrid clashes clashes with Barcelona. So if Jude if Jude Bellingham is out is out against Barcelona, I mean that that's a that's a massive blow for Los Blancos. So now Carlo Ancelotti, for uh, as far as I'm concerned, af after the game. He did say, and I quote, Jude Bellingham is not at risk for El Clasico. He only had some minor discomfort, no serious injury, unquote. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? The goats of it, you know, the goats of Italian soccer, you know, insist that it was just a, it was just a little knock, which, you know, which is part of the game. So, the fact of the matter is, if Bellingham is not fully fit to go, and if he has, if he has to sit this one out, then... Then, as bad as it sounds, then he has then he has to sit out. Then fine, because the last thing Real Madrid needs is Jude Bellingham an injury being re, is being aggravated. Now Real Madrid is currently on top of La Liga. Now Girona is actually in second place, and Barcelona is in third. So Real Madrid needs this win so they can actually stay a little, so they can actually have a four point lead over Barcelona in the in La Liga. If Barcelona wins this one, then they could very well be on top. So Real Madrid needs this one now. Now, Real Madrid will be on the road. Now, this game is taking place in Barcelona, so clearly Barcelona's got the advantage. So, so as far as as, as far as Bellingham goes now, if he's fit to play, now, I, I don't think it's necessary for him to start in the match. Now, if, if he's fully fit, then if, 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 if he's not showing any ill effects, then I guess, you know, it, w it wouldn't be that bad. But in my honest in my honest opinion, as a precaution, I would just actually, I would honestly just have him... Uh, I'd have him on the bench and maybe 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 pulling him out. If basically with like ten minutes or like with with, with like ten fifteen minutes left, if Real Madrid has a two goal lead, then I would say it's ideal to bring him in. Now, now he did now, now the fact that a couple of, you know the fact that Luka Modric you know created seven chances and this I mean Luka Modric is just still playing at such an elite level. You know seventy three successful passes out of seventy five for Luka Modric as well. So. You know, and, and Eduardo Camavinga, 61, you know, 63 total passes, 61 of which were, were, you know, successful, you know. Eduardo Camavinga, despite the struggles, I mean, the dude just continues to, the dude just continues to work so hard, so. You know, and, and seeing uh, Eduardo Camavinga, you know, the, the fact that, you know, the, you, know st you know, still trying to, to grow and improve as a player, you know, and I think there's actually one game, uh, I believe, uh, yeah, I believe it was, uh, it was with France, yeah, when, when, uh, France actually had that, uh, that international exhibition against Scotland, how Eduardo Camavinga carelessly, uh, gave the ball to a Scottish player that, that ended up in a goal, so, Eduardo Camavinga is still making some mistakes, but, you know, I still, I, you know, he's learning, and he's, he's honestly getting better, because, you know, people ask me, how can I, how can I say that Eduardo Camavinga is growing and improving as a player and is a good player? And I, and I say, well, the fact that Carlo Ancelotti is allowing him to, to be a starter, that says something. Because if Eduardo, if Eduardo Camavinga was not that good, hey, Carlo Ancelotti wouldn't have it, wouldn't, wouldn't have it, wouldn't be having him play as a starter. So, yeah. So Eduardo Camavinga is by no means perfect, but I think he's a damn good player with such potential. You know, so you know, there's re there's really there's really nothing not, nothing that can be taken away from the guy. You know, of course, you know having you know when Real Madrid winning the Champions League, you know, in 2022, and you know, and really having you know that uh, <laughs> really having uh, that run, you know, especially in the knockout stage. I mean, again, you know, he's only 20 years old. 
He'll be 21 in, in, a, in a few weeks. I mean, Eduardo Camavinga is really going in the right direction, and I still believe that this man, this kid, has true potential. This dude has a hell of a future ahead of him, and it doesn't matter what anybody says. Anybody can make fun of me all they want. I believe in Eduardo Camavinga. So, and again, you know, and this is something I, I spoke to my buddy Steve when, when I was visiting, visiting him in California. You know, Camavinga started this match, you know, and seeing uh, Carlo Ancelotti, I mean, you know, and, and both teams use a similar formation. Now, Real Madrid had 4 by 3 by one by 2 You know, you had Jude Bellingham, you know, right in front of Eduardo Camavinga, and Camavinga was in the center between Modric and Valverde. So... You have Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr. You know, in, in the front two with Bellingham, you know, right behind them. So it was definitely a, a, un, a unique formation, you know. And of course, you know, Braga actually they utilized you know a guy named Banza as their as their number nine, you know, and three guys behind him with two midfielders and four defenders. So it's it's interesting to see how these teams just put these formations to make it difficult on the opposition. But the opposition, you know, is more than likely they're going to find a way, and they did. So. Real Madrid found a way to win, and they did so. So as far as Drew Bellingham goes, well, if he if he's unable to play, or if Carlo Ancelotti decides as as a precaution not to have him play, then I respect it, I understand it, you know, because Jude Bellingham is doing so far so good, an amazing way for Los Blancos. The last thing they need is that guy to be seriously injured. So the Champions League match day three was quite interesting. Can't wait to see what, how things go when it picks up in a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC, as you know, is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Won't you do me a favor? Please hit the subscribe button, and please be sure to hit the notification bell. That way, I know for sure that you're not going to be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. And one more thing, if you have any friends or family members that love football and they are looking for the greatest football podcast in the world, then I assure you, no, I guarantee to you, this show, Into the Net FC, is the show for them. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one, and God bless. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.